Hello, welcome to the Fitness Lifestyle Podcast. We are your hosts, Natalie Smith and Natalie Jones. We talk all things health and fitness, and we believe that fitness should be sustainable for life. We hope this podcast can help you find fitness in your own life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Fitness Lifestyle Podcast. This is going to be my third full episode, and I don't have Natalie here with me today. She's actually picking fruit um, by Mount Hood, so <laughs> that's fun. I don't have much to do today, but um, I wanted to do a podcast because I actually got a message from someone on Instagram saying that my podcast has helped them. And I stopped doing podcasts for a couple weeks for a few reasons. Number one, I didn't know if anyone was listening to them. Number two, I'm pretty busy right now, and I didn't know if I would be able to schedule times to do them very often. And number three, I've been trying to focus on my Instagram. However, I realized I can fit in this podcast if I make time for it. And if it's helping people, then that is great, and I should continue doing it. And I honestly myself love listening to podcasts. I go on like walks every day and I listen to podcasts every single time. And it just is so fun to me. It's really therapeutic. So if other people like that too, then I would like to deliver that. Um, I listen to Jordan Syed's podcast every time, which um, he's my favorite person in fitness. But I was also on a podcast a couple weeks ago, and it hasn't come out yet, but that was very exciting. So today's episode is going to be kind of all over the place. I have a couple different topics that I think are helpful to people, and some of them I got, you know, a little bit of questions about. So we're going to be talking about a few different things today. Uh, First, I want to say, though, uh, the past few weeks I have been... Uh, coaching people in person, kind of. I've been leading group classes, basically, with my mentor, Amy Light Ramage. Her username is at Amy underscore Fit for Excellence on Instagram, so please go follow her if you aren't already. She's an amazing trainer, and I'm so lucky to be learning from her. It's been a lot of fun, and I'm currently leading a PE class and a teen training class on Thursdays. So the PE class is for, like, younger kids, and it's at 2 o'clock, I mean 3 o'clock, sorry, and the teen class is at 4 o'clock, so I'm really trying to get more people for my teen class. I would love it if you are interested. Please DM me on Instagram at Natalie Smith Fitness, and today we're just going to be talking about a couple different things, so let's get into it. So if you follow me on Instagram, you will probably see that a lot of my content is centered around fat loss. And it's kind of funny because originally I went into it thinking I wouldn't talk about fat loss as much as I do because that's not my goal right now. And, you know, I, when I was trying to find opposite goals, like other goals than fat loss, like building and all that stuff, I didn't find a lot of content and I thought, oh, I can be that for other people. And then I realized most people's goals is fat loss and I know a lot about that and I can help people with that. And I do really enjoy helping people. Every single time that I get a comment from someone saying that my post has helped them or resonated with them, it truly makes me so happy. So thank you guys for that. I really want to be able to put out content that is helping other people. It fills my heart with joy to know that I can help people with their goals. Um, And if you have any questions at all, please feel free to DM me. But anyways, so I'm going to be talking more about fat loss and nutrition today. And... 
the first thing that I want to talk about isn't necessarily about fat loss. It's about health in general, uh, whatever your goal is, and that is what to do when you're getting started. So a lot of times people, when they get started, they go all in. They'll, you know, say, oh, I need to start working out six days a week. Oh, I need to start eating completely only healthy foods, which is kind of like a subjective term. But, or I need to eat 100% clean. I need to cook all my meals. And this does not end well. Because if you go from a lifestyle where you are mainly eating fast food or you're mainly eating less nutrient-dense foods and you're not exercising at all to the complete opposite... That is too drastic of a change for you to be able to sustain for most people. I mean, some people can do that, and that's great. But with a lot of people that I have worked with or I've seen, that is not the reality for them. So, there are a couple things that I would recommend that are a lot more sustainable when you're just getting started. And one of those that I've heard from Jordan Syed again is to go for a five-minute walk. So you probably don't want to do that if you're sitting on the couch all day, but that's something that you can do no matter what the weather is. If it's rainy outside, you can walk around your house. You can do it unless you are not able-bodied and you don't need any equipment and it's really short time period. So you can fit in five minutes of walking and that is going to be absolutely better than doing nothing at all because in that five minutes... A, you're getting some activity in, which is great, even if it is only five minutes, that is awesome. And from that five minutes, you start to realize it's not so bad, or you can tolerate it, or you start to feel a little better, or you feel a little more energized. And from those thoughts and those results, you are motivated to walk a little longer. Next time you walk 10 minutes, and then the time after that, you walk 15 minutes. And over time, you are getting closer to reaching your goals, you're getting better, and you're progressing, and it starts from just walking for five minutes. And that is just such a good strategy, I think, because it's something, again, that anyone can do, and where you can just get started, and it can make a big difference. So I really recommend that. If today you are not doing anything right now, and you're listening to this, if today you have just been sitting down, which is totally fine, go for a five-minute walk right now and continue listening to this podcast while you go for your five-minute walk if you want. But please do that, and you will be so glad that you did. You will not regret doing that. So I highly recommend that um, as far as exercise. With nutrition, I would say just choose one thing you want to change right now. And it can be super small. You can say, I'm going to have some broccoli with my dinner. Or I'm going to have a side salad. Or I'm going to have an apple with my breakfast. Or I'm going to have a banana for a snack. Something like that. We all know that fruits and vegetables are healthy for us. We all know that we should be eating more of them. But it can be hard to just say eat more fruits and vegetables. Create a specific goal. Something like I'm going to have an apple with my breakfast. That you can do. Apples are relatively cheap. They're pretty accessible. If you like them, then you can eat them. I personally don't like apples that much, but it's just an example. So choose something that is small that you can do and stick to it. And then you'll realize, hey, this apple makes me feel pretty good. Or this banana tastes good and I feel pretty full from it. Whatever it is, 
And then you'll be like, oh, maybe I can eat more of these. Maybe now I can add some berries into my lunch. Or maybe I can have a salad for lunch. Um, something that Jordan Syed does, which I'm probably going to mention him a lot on this podcast. Um, but I recommend following him as well. Um, is he recommends having a big-ass salad every day. And I think that's great. Uh, choosing for lunch to make a salad. Uh, you can put whatever you want in the salad. It doesn't need to, it should not change that. It should not just be spinach and carrots. We want to add some stuff to it so you actually feel full from it. You can add some cheese. You can add some turkey or a vegetarian alternative if you're vegetarian like me. You can add some hard-boiled eggs. You can add some croutons. You can add some nuts. You can add some seeds. You can add your favorite dressing, whether that's a vinaigrette or it's a ranch. You can add whatever you want to this salad, but as long as there are some vegetables on the bottom, that is great. You're going to feel a lot more full from that because you're getting some vegetables, you're getting some protein and some volume, so you'll feel full after eating that salad. And you'll usually end up eating less calories unless, I mean, it's like packed with dressing and blue cheese and just way too much stuff. But again, just put whatever you want in it. I mean, just maybe don't use like a half a cup of ranch dressing and you'll be okay. But what's important to me is that you're getting some more fruits and vegetables in if you're not eating enough right now. And for reference, the recommended amount per day is four to six servings of fruits and vegetables a day. So if you are not getting that much right now, that is totally okay. I actually took me a long time to get there as well, but slowly add stuff in. Slowly add in a piece of fruit here or a little salad here. In fact, if you want to have some pizza and you want to have a little salad on the side, that is awesome to me. That is progress if before that you were just eating the pizza and no salad. So if you're adding a salad on the side of your pizza, you're doing great. That is awesome. Another um, thing that you can do if you're getting started is maybe you're not eating enough protein. So think of a way that you can add some protein in. Maybe you can snack on some yogurt with fruit. That's super easy. Tastes good, high-protein snack that I recommend to a lot of people, and it's something that I eat pretty often. And Or maybe you're like, I'll just have some string cheese here, or I'll add in two eggs with my breakfast, or I'll get some chicken on top of my salad, trying to think of plant-based, or I'll snack on some dry-roasted edamame. Um, I found that snack at the grocery store a few weeks ago. It's actually really good, and it has a lot of protein in it. I highly recommend it. It tastes kind of like peanuts to me, but anyways. So find a way where you can add protein in if you're not getting enough right now, which you probably aren't, unless every meal you eat meat, then you are. (laughs) But um, find a way where you can add protein in. Say, for my afternoon snack today, I'm going to have hard-boiled eggs or for my afternoon snack today I'm going to have yogurt or cottage cheese if you like cottage cheese. Most people don't like it but if you do that's great and or maybe it's with breakfast because that's something that a lot of people struggle to get protein in so maybe you can say I'm gonna stir some yogurt into my oatmeal. I'm gonna add some Greek yogurt to my pancake batter. That is something that I do as well. I'm gonna choose the higher protein bread or the higher protein pancake mix or whatever at the store, or I'm going to add some eggs on this side, whatever it is, just choose something that will help you get more protein in. So those are the top three that I would say when you're just getting started because I feel like those are the things that people struggle with most is exercise, protein, and fruit slash vegetables. So 
I'm going to move on to my next topic. My next topic is somewhat related, and that is going to be how can I lose fat without counting calories? So the first thing that I want to say is that I actually do recommend counting calories for most people. Um, I know that not everyone wants to, and in your head, this sounds scary, maybe, or you think, oh, that's so annoying, or that just sounds so tedious, I don't want to do that, but it is so valuable. I really, I really recommend it if you can do it. If you have, you know, past eating disorder problems, I wouldn't recommend counting your calories, necessarily. You can kind of be the judgment of that, but for some people it can be triggering. However, for the general person who is overweight and is looking to lose weight, uh, I would recommend counting your calories. I think that it just helps so much because you're actually aware of portion sizes, you're aware of how much you're eating, you're aware of what foods contain which nutrients, you are just, it's such a learning experience and everyone that I have told to count calories, or not told, but suggested to count calories, they come out of it being like, oh my gosh, I didn't know I was eating this. I did not realize how many calories this has. I did not realize this was the portion size. So I really do recommend it, to be honest. That I think it's probably the most simple way, kind of, as in it's it's straightforward. I add in this food into my fitness pal and I see how many calories I'm eating, and I make adjustments from there. However, all that being said, it is possible, if you absolutely do not want to and sound like this is something you could never do, to lose fat without counting calories. Because when we talk about fat loss, we know that you have to be in a calorie deficit to lose fat. However, your calories count even if you don't count them. So, If you're not counting your calories, you can still create a calorie deficit. I just said calorie a lot. That's probably going to be in this video a lot. I mean, podcast. So how can you lose fat without counting calories? Well, there are a couple different things that you can do. So one thing, again, learned from Jordan Syed. I just don't want, I guess I just don't want anyone to think I'm like completely copying him. But um, the first thing is creating a bright line or guidelines such as three meals and two snacks a day. So you're going to have three meals, all of your food has to fit on one plate, and you're going to have two snacks that fit in the palm of your hand. So obviously this is going to differ depending on how active you are, <clears throat> excuse me, um, how much you weigh, how tall you are, your age, all of that. So for some people that might be three meals and one snack, for some people that might be four meals and one snack, For some people, that might be three meals and three snacks. It really, it depends. So if you have any questions, um, please DM me on Instagram and I can actually help you create a guideline for that. Um, However, that's just an example, three meals and two snacks. So when you're creating something like that where it is specific and you have to stick to it, you will likely create a calorie deficit because the reason that a lot of people might not be or might be in a calorie surplus is because they're just not aware of what they're eating. They are snacking throughout the day mindlessly and it doesn't seem like a lot of food but it adds up. When you have to stick to three meals, two snacks, that's it. You are inherently restricting it a little bit. You're monitoring your intake. So there's no room for you to be snacking all day because you have to stick to your three meals and two snacks. 
Another thing is that when you're eating full meals, instead of just snacking all day, you actually can feel full from those meals. So you aren't going to be as hungry and inclined to overeat from snacks. I was listening to a podcast and a woman said this, that what helped her lose weight is she was just eating um, three, four meals and no snacks. And those meals just had to be enough to fill her up. And she, her rule was that she can't skip any meals because when she skips meals, she snacks way too much and she's too, she gets so hungry that she overeats in snacks. So creating a guideline like that can really help you because you'll actually feel full, which will in turn make you eat less. So there was a lady that I talked to on Instagram and she doesn't want to count calories. So we created that guideline for her. And that's where I would start. When you have been doing that and you've made that a habit, whatever it is, three meals, two snack, three meals, one snack, whatever it is, um, you can refine those meals and snacks, so to speak. So you can say, I'm going to have protein at every meal. I'm going to have vegetables at every meal. That is really important because protein and vegetables keep us full. And... When you're, you know, kept full, they're lower calories, and you feel full from them, you'll end up eating less calories. So it's important to make sure that you're getting fruits and vegetables and proteins in because, again, you'll feel full, eat less calories. So once you've got your three meals, two snacks down, I would recommend, you know, making it a little bit more specific, protein and vegetables. Your snacks, you can say... One snack has to be either a protein or a fruit, and the other snack can be something that you really enjoy. Maybe the other snack, if it fits in your hand, it can be a candy bar, or it can be a handful of M&Ms, whatever it is. Or for that snack, maybe, obviously not everything you can actually hold in your hand, a serving size of ice cream. I mean, that's like one of my favorite treats. I eat ice cream probably four days a week, um, maybe even five. <laughs> So anyways, creating specific guidelines like that can really help. Another thing is making sure that you are drinking half of your body weight in ounces of water per day. Staying hydrated will also help you to feel full. And obviously, if you're starving, you should not just drink water and not eat food. But drinking water before and after your meals will help you to feel more full. And it also will just kind of help you... Um, if you're drinking water at your meal, taking sips in between bites is really helpful because then <clears throat> you're able to feel if you're hungry or full. So a lot of times we eat really, really fast and then we end up eating too much and then 20 minutes later you feel super full because it takes us a while to actually register if we're full or still hungry. So when you are able to eat slowly and you're drinking water, in between bites, <clears throat> um, I guess I don't talk this long that much, but anyways, when you're drinking water in between bites, it will help you to feel if you're hungry or full, and in turn, you'll be able to monitor how much you're eating. Another thing on the note of eating slowly is set a timer for each meal. This is something that I kind of started doing 
because I found that I ate really fast. It would take me like five minutes or less to finish a meal. And I would say it needs, my meals need to last at least 10 minutes <clears throat> of me eating because that way I can really feel, am I full? Am I hungry? And I don't track calories. And it's helpful to me because I'm trying to be in tune with my hunger and how I feel. And if I'm eating really fast, then I'm going to feel like I'm hungry and then I'm going to eat too much and then I'll feel really full. So feeling satisfied and feeling not hungry anymore and slightly full is what we're going for. We're not going for feeling overly full or stuffed and we're not going for leaving our meals feeling still hungry. And I think that's a really important point to make. When you are in fat loss, your meals should not be tiny. They should not be just protein and vegetables. Because while those foods help fill you up, if that is all you eat, you are going to feel hungry and you're probably not eating enough calories. I focus on creating a small calorie deficit. Creating too big of a calorie deficit can lead to so many problems. And I can do another podcast on that if you guys would like. But creating a small calorie deficit is essential. And in a small calorie deficit, there should definitely still be room for carbs and fats. So your meals do not need to just be boiled chicken breast and boiled broccoli. That is not enough food for you. You'll probably get really hungry. You'll probably be really bored and sick of it. And you won't be able to sustain it. You should enjoy your meals. Your meals should be something that you look forward to, foods that you like, and foods that still support your goals. So protein and vegetables are an inclusion of your meal, and yes, they should make up a good portion of your meal, but it's not your entire meal. So I'm going to start sharing on my Instagram some recipes so you guys can see more of what that looks like for me. I'm really, really into cooking now, so I think that I actually make pretty tasty food and I mean people have always complimented my food so it's not just me who thinks it's good (laughs) but I really love making healthy food that still tastes absolutely delicious and same with like baking I promise you I make really good desserts and um I I love making like muffins and scones and stuff and it is not not just protein powder egg whites and applesauce (laughs) So the last thing that I'm going to be talking about today in this podcast, because I actually got a DM on it, about it on my Instagram today. Today is Sunday, September 27th, in case anyone is wondering. Although I'm probably going to post this the same day, so everyone already knows that. Wow, I'm really not used to talking this much. And it's, I mean, I actually love talking. Um, I really love to talk and I talk too much. But I mean, I can also be silent. I can also listen. I'm a pretty good listener. But okay, so our last topic of today is how do I find balance in my eating? So something that I talk about on my Instagram all the time is how to in, is how you can include foods you love in your diet and still make progress towards your goals, still be healthy, still be fit, and all of that great stuff. Example, um, I'm pulling up a post right now. I posted on my um, Instagram health fact. No one ever got fit slash healthy from eating one salad and no one ever got fat slash unhealthy from eating one donut. 
Same. How to manage cravings. <clears throat> Red X. Tell yourself it's bad and try to avoid it. Try to replace it, but can't. Overeats it. Feels guilty and like they failed. And then the correct way to manage cravings is eat a moderate portion of whatever food you're craving, enjoy it, and keep moving towards your goals. So I talk about these things all the time because that is the message that I want people to first see when they reach my page. One of the best things that I heard from someone on Instagram is that the reason that he puts um, the message of calorie deficits so much on his page is because when people are visiting his page and they don't follow him, you know, they don't look at his stuff, but they just see calorie deficit and then they go and Google that. They can already learn so much from hearing the from hearing calorie deficit. And my goal is most people in this world that I have talked to, that I, you know, have been friends with, even me in the past, and even my parents, is this idea that certain foods are bad for me, certain foods are off limits, certain foods automatically make me fat, and I can't eat them. And I want with a passion to get rid of that idea. That is the main message that I am trying to put out there because I think it's the message that most people need to hear. And I think it's great that people are hearing that and understanding that, but I got a question, well, how do I actually create a balance? How does what does that look like? How can I implement that in my life? And I think it's was really great for me to hear that because I need to start posting about that and making more explanations. So if you guys seriously have any feedback for me, I would really appreciate it. Anyways, so how do you create balance? Well, one thing that I like to keep in mind that has been like thrown around everywhere so much is the 80-20 guideline. I'm calling it a guideline. It is not a rule because if we, honestly, if you created a rule 80-20, usually that makes people like type A's like me be calculating this exact percentage of their diet that is 80% and the exact percentage that is 20%. Oh, what if what if it's 75-25? What if it's 81-19? That doesn't matter, guys. It's just a guideline. So 80-20 means that 80% of your diet is nutrient-dense foods and 20% of your diet is whatever you want it to be. So what do I mean by nutrient-dense foods? Typically foods that people would call healthy, things like vegetables, things like fruits, beans, nuts, seeds, whole grains, which it, yes, that includes bread and pasta, y'all, um, healthy fats like olive oil, avocados, nut butters, nuts, like I said, and your lean proteins, whether that's meat, meat substitutes, um, cheese, yogurt, eggs, edamame, tofu, all that stuff. Those are the 80% nutrient-rich foods that your diet should be made of. And my hope is that when I am sharing these recipes that you guys can kind of see what that looks like for me. Because 80% nutrient-dense, again, does not mean boiled chicken, broccoli, not even boiled chicken, broccoli, and rice. It can actually be fun. It can actually look delicious. It can actually have flavor and not just be completely fat-free, completely carb-free, all that stuff that people call healthy food. In fact, your nutrient-dense food should taste good because that is the 80% of your diet. And if 80% of your diet is horrible and you hate eating it and you just despise it, how do you expect to actually stick with that? 
how do you expect to actually continue eating those foods? It's not realistic. Most people cannot live a life where they eat only foods that they hate or mostly foods that they hate. In fact, I actually don't know anyone that could sustain that. So my point is 80% of your diet should be nutrient-rich foods because that is what is important for our health and for our goals. So it's we all know that it's important, but not everyone knows that it should taste good and that you can still eat the foods that you love that are not as healthy. So 20% of your diet can be whatever you want. By that, I mean, yes, you can eat that ice cream. Yes, you can have a donut. Yes, you can have some cake or some cookies or I'm saying all sweet things because I'm a sweet tooth um, or chips or um, what else is fries, all that stuff. 20% of your diet can absolutely be that. And if you're kind of like 80%, 20%, I don't get percentages and numbers. Um, so for me, I'll give an example, just an example. Not everyone is like this. But I make an effort to make sure that I start the day off with a healthy breakfast. I think that helps really well when you start the day off with success. Um, you end up feeling more full if that's a nice balanced breakfast. And it just kind of sets the tone for the day. Then I have a nice nutrient-dense lunch. Um, I actually meal prep on the weekends, but it's act it's good meal prep, y'all. I make, like, broccoli mac and cheese, um, chili lime chicken tacos, beef burritos. That's what I'm eating this week. Also, they're vegetarian alternatives, though. <laughs> um, and then dinner, we always make a good, healthy, balanced dinner that has a carb, whether that I love making, like, crispy potatoes or really good bread, like we have this rosemary olive oil bread, um, a protein. Tonight we're making vegetarian meatloaf and maybe some roasted broccoli. And then, oh, I also have an afternoon snack every day. And for my snack, I always try to get some fruit and either fat or protein. So maybe some nuts or some cheese. And then at night, I have dessert. Every single night I have dessert. And sometimes it's like maybe a healthy alternative, like there's this peanut butter mug brownie that I make all the time. That one is so good. I eat that like twice a week probably. Um, it's delicious. And I guess that's healthier because I make it with natural peanut butter. But sometimes it's just freaking Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I eat Ben and Jerry's ice cream every week, but I don't eat the whole pint because that's like 1400 calories. And I actually did that once and I felt like throwing up. Um, <laughs> so I scoop out a portion of it whatever portion fits within what I need for that day so that's what it looks like for me I make sure my breakfast lunch snack dinner those are all healthy foods that I still really like I love fruit I love um, the food that I make I love all that stuff but it's still healthy food and then at night I have that to look forward to that sweet thing that just makes me feel good and it's important because I have a balanced relationship with food. I don't feel like I cannot eat that food ever. I don't feel like, oh, I can only eat it once a year because if that, I've tried that before. I did that a while ago, years ago. I tried it and I couldn't do it. I felt so out of control around food when that was my mindset when I thought I cannot eat any food that I love, any unhealthy food, whatever, or I can only eat it this day. I, the days leading up to it, I would 
be, it would be so hard for me to control myself around food. And I would end up eating something that wasn't as healthy and then I would feel bad about it. And I think that that is what happens to so many people, if not worse. Example, I'm going to eat perfectly all week. And then Monday, I did a post on this too. (laughs) Monday through Friday is salad, it's chicken, and that's it. And then Friday, you go out with friends and you have a whole pizza and you have a glass of wine. And then you guys go out and you have Taco Bell and then you have ice cream. And then the whole weekend is a binge fest because you restricted your calories so much the week, during the week, and you were not allowed to eat any foods that you loved. And then the whole weekend, you literally derail all of your progress and you feel like crap. And I don't want anyone to have to live like that. I really don't. And it makes me sad to hear people that that is their reality and that's what they go through because I don't think anyone deserves to go through something like that. Thankfully, I've never had like binge eating disorder or anything like that, but I know it's really common and I want to be able to prevent that because we know that over-restricting our food is often what leads to binge eating, which not only will you not be able to lose fat, most likely, or it will be harder if you're binge eating, but it's just such a big problem in so many ways. And even if you don't have a binge eating disorder, but you just feel out of control around food or you just feel overly restricted, it is not a fun place to live in. It's not a fun place to be, and I wouldn't wish that on anybody. So my goal with my content is to help you guys be able to find balance while still reaching your goals. And I guess that's my first, that was such a long-winded explanation. Oh my gosh. But about the 80-20 rule. So if you just think about it, 80-20 is four out of five. Four out of five times you eat is healthy. Or maybe you eat just like four times a day. Three times of the day out of four is healthy. That's good enough. That's 75, 25. You're good. Don't worry about the extra 5%. It's really, it's okay. I mean, maybe once you're more into your fitness journey and you like absolutely love that stuff, then you can pay attention to it more. But most people don't need to worry about it that much. So that's one recommendation I would have for balanced eating. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Another thing I would say is... Try to make substitutes for the foods that you love that are a little bit healthier. Um, Obviously, you don't have to do this for every food. Example, ice cream. I will absolutely never eat Halo Top over Ben & Jerry's. I used to eat Halo Top, guys. I ate it, like, every day. And I thought, you know, it's pretty good. And then I got some good Ben & Jerry's ice cream, and I'm like, this is way better. If you like Halo Top, that's totally cool. I'm not one of the people that absolutely hates it. And someone said they would rather eat poop. I'm not like that. I mean, I think it's decent. But if if you don't like it, uh, you don't have to eat it. <laughs> I mean, it's honestly better to eat a small portion of the good stuff and feel really satisfied than eat a lot of Halo Top and never feel satisfied by it. Because when you over-restrict it that much and you tell yourself, I have to eat this kind, I can't eat that kind then usually that leads to eating way too much of a healthier option where you could have just had a small portion of the actually satisfying food. However, I do this with stuff like um, when I make muffins, when I make 
pumpkin bread, banana bread, peanut butter cookies, all of that stuff. I mean, there's not really, again, there's not really a good substitute for chocolate chip cookies, but peanut butter cookies there is because peanut butter has fat, and fat is what makes cookies taste so good. <laughs> but again, I'm going to be sharing some more recipes on my page for you guys about different muffins and breads that you can make where they still have that perfect texture, they still have chocolate chips in them, lots of flavor, but they're just lower in calories, and that can help a lot to help you eat more balanced foods. And then again, like I was talking about in the beginning, is um, adding in fruits or vegetables to your meals wherever you can, and then trying to eliminate the food guilt whenever you do eat something that's unhealthy, and stop saying no whenever someone asks you to go out for ice cream and you want it. Because this is not a healthy mindset to have. I want you to be able to go out to eat and not feel guilty about it. So how do you do that? It's really hard. But being able to do that and see that you're still making progress, being more educated about what actually makes you gain weight and what doesn't, and including small amounts of those foods every day, that one helps so much is to eliminate that food guilt. And whenever you do feel guilty, have a conversation with yourself. Why is there? Why should I feel guilty? Well, there's no reason for me to. Um, will this food make me fat? No, it won't. No one food is going to make me fat. And that food was delicious. I enjoyed it. I'm going to move on. Um, I'm not obviously not an expert in this kind of stuff. I have not been professionally trained on eating disorders. But these are just some things that I have seen that can help. And I want to reiterate, just adding in a little something that you like every day, a little whatever, it's like a candy bar or it's a serving of ice cream or an ice cream bar, add in that each day and you'll actually crave it less. Because if you, the thing is when you tell yourself, I can't eat this, I can't eat this, I can't eat this, you want it more. But if you eat a little bit each day, it starts to kind of take off its novelty. Not to say that you won't enjoy it or you won't want it anymore, but you won't feel as inclined to overeat it as much because you're getting that craving satisfied every day and it's helping you stay on track and you're continuing to make progress while still eating the foods you love. And it just feels a lot less restrictive. So I think that's a great thing that you can do, that you can take away from this podcast. My throat is so dry right now. <laughs> um, but I actually really enjoyed this, just being able to talk about all this stuff that just honestly circles in my brain every single day. <laughs> and I'm really, really thankful that I'm able to help people right now. I'm able to do some workout classes in person if you would ever like me to, I can do a little FaceTime workout session with you or um, obviously if you're from my high school and you would like me to maybe do like a, um, I can write programs for you. I have done that for a couple of people in my class um, or we can do like an outdoor workout together or if you are interested at all in my teen team training session in Oregon City with Amy, please, please do not hesitate to DM me. I am really trying to get as many people as I can, and it really helps if both of us, if, well, specifically her, if you can join 
It's $20 per session, Thursdays at 4 o'clock, ages 10 through 18. Whatever your goal is, I can help you. Please DM me. Do not hesitate to reach out. And if you have any questions at all about what I talked about this in, about in this podcast or about anything about my posts or any questions about fitness in general, please DM me on Instagram at Natalie Smith Fitness. I love getting messages and DMs and... I'm totally open to talking to anyone that wants to talk to me. Um, I really appreciate it. And I don't, obviously, I don't have like a lot of followers, but the ones that I do have, I really appreciate it. And I didn't realize how much joy this is going to, this would bring me. Getting the messages, getting the comments, it makes me feel so happy. So thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and I'll see you soon.